Hello everyone, this is me, Oweto Nomran, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Who? Are our enemies and as the tunes playing please try to subscribe and click the notification bell to be notified when we make future uploads Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Who are our enemies? An enemy is usually an opponent or a rival or sometimes even called an adversary. Generally, somebody who is hostile to another. If we look at it in the Oxford Dictionary, we usually see it in that light. And when we want to apply this definition to our lives, we usually see it as, oh, it's one of my friends who might have persecuted me, or if we're talking about it in the Christian sense, maybe the Gentiles are our enemies because they don't really believe in God, or whatever case it might be. However, our enemies are a lot closer than many of us might think. Our enemies are not people who are living in countries away from us, lands away from us, we have to understand our enemies are within our own homes, within ourselves. The biggest enemy that we will ever fight in the battle and race of salvation for all Christians is our own hearts. But why is that exactly? And why do I say that the enemies within ourselves, the ones in ourselves and around us, are more important and will do more damage to us if not taken care of than the ones outside us that don't really have much control over us. Well, that is the main discussion today. The Bible has told us that the heart is what makes decisions, and it's not just the Bible. When our heart doesn't agree with something, even if we know it's correct, even if we know from experiences that it's a good thing, we still don't really want it, which is why people always say, find your passion, because your passion will drive your success. That's what many people say. And the Bible has told us that as a result of the sin that Adam and Eve had committed in Genesis chapter 3, from verses 1 to 6, and then the judgment that God gave them in Genesis chapter 3, from verses 15 or from verse 16 to 19, instead of their hearts telling them, advising them to not be lustful, but rather be peaceful, want prosperity, success, knowledge, wisdom of God, etc. If we read Galatians chapter 5, 
In verses 22 and 23, many of the things are mentioned there. Our hearts started telling us things like lust, envy, jealousy, malice, and other satanic and evil attributes like that. I've even made a video about one of them, the dangers of envy. You can check that out for more details. And in Matthew chapter 15, from verses 18 to 20, after Jesus Christ had been talking to the Pharisees about their hypocrisy, in those three verses, he'd stated, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Therefore, when we are looking at our enemies, we have to see our hearts as the biggest enemy we will ever fight. In Galatians chapter 5, from verses 19 to 21, St. Paul enumerated some iniquities for us, like adultery, fornication, murder. We see that these acts of adultery, fornication, etc., they aren't just the physical stuff you go commit. Before that happens, you have to first of all commit those sins in your heart before that leads to you executing it out physically. We can take adultery for example. Adultery is going to sleep with somebody else's wife or husband depending on which side it is once you have already married somebody else. And Jesus Christ told us in Matthew chapter 5 in verses 27 and 28 that adultery isn't just that. When you as a woman or a man, you lust for somebody else, though you already have somebody who you're married with. You have already committed the adultery right there. And that's really what God takes. It's not about you sleeping with somebody. It's the fact that you're lusting for somebody, even though you've already gotten somebody who you're already married with. So when we're talking about our enemies, we have to subdue that feeling or that lust in our heart to generally disobey rules. We have to subdue that. And I always like to look at it this way. We have to make sure that our conscience, our wisdom, and our heart condition are all in agreement. Because usually we know when we're sinning. We know what's wrong, thanks to the conscience that God planted in us, along with our wisdom. But if our heart condition doesn't agree with it, if we're still feeling like we want to do evil, then there's going to be conflict. That was why in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, it was the same problems that people were having back then. It wasn't that they were physically doing all of those evils, but generally their hearts weren't given to God. Which is why it states, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Like I said, they weren't going around doing all kinds of evil, but it was in their hearts. In their hearts, they didn't really like God. It was only Noah who was actually righteous, and by God's grace, his family was saved as well. But it was only Noah who had the correct heart condition, which is why the Bible is always advised that we give our hearts to God, loving God with all our heart, soul, and might. If we read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, chapter 10, verse 12, and Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. It's very important that we keep this in mind. And there are many examples of people that support this idea. The fact that the greatest enemy that you'll ever have is your heart. 
because, of course, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, etc., as that Matthew chapter 15 from verses 18 to 20 states. For example, Esau, when he wanted to kill Jacob, he didn't just go ahead and attempt to, because, of course, God saved Jacob and everything. In that Genesis chapter 33 from verses 1 to 4. But before Esau actually went ahead and attempted to do it, he first of all cooked it in his heart. Said, I want to kill this guy because of the foolishness that Esau himself had already done by selling his birthright. Also selling the rewards that people as their firstborn son generally get. Judas Iscariot was no different. He let Satan the devil control him. Come into his life. Make him betray Jesus. If you read Luke chapter 22 and verses 2 and 3. Which is why Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6 and verses 70 and 71. That there was actually a devil in one of his 12 apostles. The apostles of Jesus Christ, a devil was controlling one of them. And that of course was Judas Iscariot. Same goes with Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart was continually being hardened as a result of his iniquity. Him oppressing the Israelites and doing all the other stuff that he was doing. He didn't subdue his heart, which is why Satan entered and controlled him. And king of Egypt, or Pharaoh generally, ended up destroying his own kingdom. Making it get ravaged by the ten plagues that God gave to them. Why? Because he did not subdue his heart. Like I said, the heart, the conscience, and our wisdom have to be in agreement. They have to be pursuing the same purpose. Otherwise, there is going to be a conflict that we're going to be suffering from for the rest of our lives. Now that we know and understand the fact that our hearts are the biggest enemies that we will ever fight in this world, how do we overcome the ideas that our hearts give? Well, Jesus Christ is a really good example. First of all, in Matthew chapter 4, from verses 1 to 11, we see that there were three temptations that Satan the devil gave him. On a high, being on a high mountain, giving him all the kingdoms as it was an offer. Same goes with when Satan the devil tempted him to essentially throw himself off a mountain and then the angels would come and catch him using some skill from the knowledge that he had in the Bible and from the other stuff, turning the stone to bread as well. However, not only was this temptations, because he generally had temptations that were all over him when he was about to be killed. He even prayed to God for that cup to pass away from him in Matthew chapter 26 and verses 39 and 42. But he overcame those things that were coming into his heart because his conscience, his heart, and his wisdom agreed to God's laws and principles. If read John chapter 4 verse 34, chapter 5 verse 30, chapter 6 verse 38, and chapter 14, verse 28. That was why St. Paul could say in Hebrews chapter 12, in verses 2 and 3, Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. Same goes with us righteous ones of God. We have to overcome the snares and traps that Satan the devil tries to set at us. If read Revelation chapter 2 in verses 7, 11, 17, and 26. Those verses apply to the true children of God 
that overcome their hearts, overcome the evil that was planted in our hearts from the Garden of Eden, continuously by Satan the devil. And that is when we can be a part of the third part that was saved from the other two parts that were destroyed. If read Zechariah chapter 13 and verses 8 and 9, overcoming the evils that are in their hearts and being true children of God. We also have to take King Solomon's advice in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 stating, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Once we defeat this enemy, the heart as I've been saying all this while, there are still other enemies, but now that we have these three, the conscience, wisdom, and heart condition agreeing, it's like we can now self-motivate or motivate ourselves, and then the enemies around us become easier to tackle. For example, Jesus Christ, like I said, he had the three things agreeing with each other, conscience, wisdom, and the heart condition, but his enemies were still around him. For example, his brothers and his mother, they didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in his teachings. They kind of envied him, his brothers, even though Jesus Christ was the Son of God. His brothers were supposed to honor him, give reverence to him, and learn from him. Let some of his wisdom and understanding of the Bible rub off on them. But no, they did not like Jesus Christ because they envied him. And that was why in John chapter 7, from verses 1 to 5, they were telling Jesus Christ, Now that you have these miracles, show yourself to the world. Some people who have this show themselves to the world, go show yourself, prove you're truly the Son of God. Like that. They did not believe in Him. And if we also read Mark chapter 3 verse 21, it was expressed explicitly the fact that his family members were not in support of what he was doing. And that was why Jesus Christ, quoting what Micah the prophet had said, in Micah chapter 7 verse 6 had stated, And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. We have to understand the fact that our enemies aren't outside us. Our neighbors, generally, maybe in the next city. No, they're our family members. That was why Jesus Christ also advised us in Luke chapter 14 verse 26 that we have to hate our mothers, our fathers, meaning that if they don't agree with God's principles, we have to find a way of not being stolen away from God by such people. That's why we have to be diligent, standing with people who actually care about God. If read Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. Not being slothful if read Proverbs chapter 12 verse 4. Because fighting our hearts and fighting people who don't agree with God's principles are the kinds of battles that St. Paul was talking about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from verses 3 to 6, stating, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and so on and so forth, to verses 5 and 6. It's very important that we understand how to fight these battles. Because these are the kinds of people, the kinds of enemies that can possibly pull us out of the worship of God. It's important that we keep this in mind. And once we defeat those people, things just gradually get easier and easier. Then there are friends, our co-workers, anybody generally at this point who does not support the work of God. We also have to overcome such ones. For example, Moses was in trouble with Abiram, Dathan, and Korah, Numbers chapter 16, from verses 1 to 50. 
Some leaders will just collapse when they see riots, when they see opposition. Some leaders will just think, well, I'm going to flee at this point because I can't lead people who don't want to be led. But Moses overcame them by praying to God for deliverance and not being overtaken by such people. And then God assisted in the process by delivering them, Moses and Aaron, from what Abiram, Dathan, Korah, the 250 princes, and all the other people that supported them were wanting to do to Moses and Aaron because they doubted the fact that God actually chose Moses. No, he just wants to put himself on top of us. But in reality, of course, Exodus chapters 3 and 4, God actually chose Moses, and it was just that they wanted to be rebellious, characterizing Satan the devil, of course, because he is that same kind of person. If you read Isaiah chapter 14, from verses 12 to 15, and Ezekiel chapters 25 to 28, King Tyre representing Satan the devil himself. St. Paul, also alluding to this matter in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, had told us that if anybody is an extortioner, a fornicator, an adulterer, people like that, we should avoid them so that we don't rub off on their iniquities. He also said this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, in verses 6 and 14. The fact that if we have people who don't believe in the word of God, that want to rebel against the word of God, we must not make those people our friends. Not just our friends, our bosom friends. No, we should not be interacting with such people. See also Romans chapter 16 and verses 17 and 18. Because people like that can have big influences on us in the end. And if we happen to defeat all of these enemies, we are quite in luck. Because Satan the devil has been defeated. And therefore his power on this earth is very weak and feeble. If we read Revelation chapter 12 from verses 1 to 12 and Revelation chapter 19 from verses 11 to 21. That is why James the Apostle told us in James chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now that Satan the devil only has but a short time, if you read Revelation chapter 12 verse 10, he doesn't have time to waste on people who are righteous and don't want to you know, accept his laws. So he's going to move on and go to people who are ignorant, people who just want something for themselves. And then Satan says, you want something? Take this. Righteous ones, however, by God's grace, will not be a part of such categories. I hope we now understand who our enemies are and the various steps that we have to take to overcome such enemies. Overcoming our enemies can be very difficult sometimes. We have to pray to God to help us to overcome such people so that we can be justified and ensured salvation given by God himself. And that was why in Psalms chapter 139, in verses 23 and 24, David the psalmist had stated, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. Sam goes with what Peter the Apostle had said in Acts chapter 8, verse 22. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thoughts of thine heart may be forgiven thee. We have to take this advice and generally be aware of when our enemies come. When we have the wisdom of God, we can see them from 10 miles away instead of when they're right in front of us. Understanding men like Jesus Christ. Free John chapter 2 and verses 24 and 25. And I choose to end my talk on the subject, who are our 
enemies. To conclude this episode, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. Enjoy this video. Hope you learned something most importantly. Please try to subscribe, share this video, and if you have any questions about this topic, please try to drop them in the comment section below and we will try to be as updated and frequent as possible. Because enemies, rivals, adversaries, opponents, everybody says that they have their own. However, we have to know as true Christians of God who our enemies really are and how to fight them battle them, and overcome them to live true, peaceful, and faithful lives in Christ. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.